Shazam? What a joke. I'm nobody. I came because I have no choice. I came to save my home and the people that I love. Truth. Justice. The American way. Hello and welcome back to Elseworlds, a DC fan podcast. My name is Jordan and with me, as always, is Chris. How are you take, Chris? There's a lot of flock going on. That's all I'll say. I'm, I'm not going to frown forever. There you go. We are coming <laughs> at you before draft day, as we talked about, uh, you know, like uh, on draft day before the draft, as we talked about last episode. So Chris is beaming. I'm beaming. Lamar Jackson signing his extension. So We'll be in a good mood for this whole episode. Yeah, yeah. I we're gonna talk Superman, but uh, Superman without a cape just signed a five-year deal. So I am happy as a clam, if a clam can be happy. Yes. Uh, so we have a lot of talk about. Before we dive into Superman seventy, we are gonna talk oh Flash trailer that just came mm-hmm. out um, two days ago. I think it was now, and. Uh, we're not going to do play by play. We're not going to do a reaction. Just going to kind of give our thoughts on, on what we thought of this, of this trailer. Um, I I'll go first here. I, I think it is a good trailer, but I was a little, uh, a little taken aback at probably how much they showed. And I've tried not to watch it too many times because I, I want some fresh things. Some of this stuff I'll probably forget about when I'm in the movie. What was it? I was just watching. Oh, I was just watching my trailer playlist I was talking about, and the Fury of the Gods trailer came on, and I forgot in the trailer that they that they make they ruined that joke about him talking to his pediatrician instead of the psychiatrist, and I laughed really well at that in the theater, and so I do think I will forget some of this Flash trailer and then see all this stuff brand new, but uh, just it seemed like a lot. So I was like, dang, like I'm, I got to pull back now on, I'm not going to watch all the clips and TV spots they release. Yeah. I, I watched the trailer five times back to back to back to back. I, I, uh, I, I was out, I came home, I got home late and I saw it and I just couldn't stop watching it. What can I say? It's, uh, it gave a lot away a little bit. I agree with that. I just, the general audience needs every reason to be excited about this movie and they need to show the spectacle because this movie has to be a spectacle. It has to, and you know, it has to be so big that they can't not go see it. Um, I really enjoy what I saw. Some of the shots with uh, Sasha Kaye, Supergirl are fantastic. Michael Keaton getting to reprise another infamous line. It's kind of a fun little nod. Um, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Oh, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to get nuts. I I love the trailer. I'm excited about what I saw. And I, I'll tell you this. Anyone who's not excited about this movie had a reason not to be excited about it, an agenda against the movie before they saw the trailers. I'll agree because I saw somebody post online with like after this trailer dropped that said, like something like I swear uh, I'm going to be disappointed in anybody that goes sees this movie, not on a moral level, but just because I think that you guys will then see every superhero movie ever. And I'm like, like one, th- this movie looks incredible. The reaction it's getting at CinemaCon was huge, was huge. People saying it's got back to the future vibes. That's my favorite movie of all time. That's my favorite trilogy of all time. So if it's back to the future with superheroes and flash, then sign me up like this. Mm-hmm. I really think we're on the verge of seeing something truly incredible. So I, I think some people will be eating their crow, eating crow, you know? Um, another thing I see people ripping on the CG of them, like sliding in. And I think that scene looks really rad. So I don't care. Um, I don't really care. I think it looks incredible. 
Yeah, I don't care about CG complaints because you could have the most masterful shot ever and people would say, no, the CG was awful. Nobody is an expert in uh, computer graphic images. No one's no one's great at that um, because everyone's got a different opinion on that. I'm so excited about this trailer because I haven't seen anything that doesn't look like... Oh, it, everything looks over the top, over the top good. And I love that because... We have seen so many run-of-the-mill superhero movies. So if you're telling me, oh, you'll see any superhero movie, find me another superhero movie that's as ambitious as this that has been rewritten so many times that and by the way, Andy Muschietti is I'm seeing one of the things I'm seeing in the praise is Muschietti has another win. We are we are working with directors who have a reason to be doing it. We have we're working with a director of a track record and okay. I, I think this is going to be his uh, his greatest hit, and I think it's going to lead him into Brave and the Bold, is my guess. It looks that way right now. Guys, if you're not happy about what you're seeing, I don't even want to talk to you because there's no point. Yeah, I, I do wonder like what's next for, next for Musietti because I, I think you'll have pick of James Gunn's slight, slate. Like I really think so. Like If there is a Justice League movie that is unannounced, or some big event movie that's unannounced. I would rather him do that than Batman um, Brave and the Bold, because I think if you're juggling Supergirl, two flashes and Batman, you should be able to have your handle on the justice league. And I think that um, if there's a big team up movie that's unannounced yet, uh, like that spoiler title that James Gunn was talking about, then this would be perfect for Andy Muschietti because he's, he's absolutely pulling off all these heroes tremendously it looks like and sounds like uh, yeah it looks great i want Muschietti to be mr batman for james gunn i want to if it's got batman in it he's got his fingerprints all over that's what i want because look you're showing me so much reverence for ben affleck and uh michael keaton i know that there's a lot of talk about affleck's not in the flash movie that much but what we've seen really shows and reveres what he's done. So you're giving me so much Batman and you're doing it right. And you're doing it in a way that's respectful to everything that's come before. Sign me up. Sign me up for Andy Muschietti being Mr. Batman for James Gunn. Yes. Uh, so anyway, this looks like it's going to be a huge hit. Like I do think that this movie is going to, um, you know, just the, just the critical praise it seems to be getting. I know some people say, well, Shazam had huge critical praise, like the second one, like on the first, you know, the first reaction things. But this is different. Uh, this is just totally different because you can read when, when people's reactions to like Quantumania came out, right? They were just praising Jonathan Major's performance and they'd be like, it's a space opera. But now they're like, for this movie, they're being super specific. They're praising Ezra's performance, Michael Keaton's performance, Sasha's mm -hmm. performance. They are pra praising and pointing out specific things in this movie. And uh, I don't know. It just makes me really excited. I'm, I'm you know, we're uh, less than two months away from that. And I feel like that's mm -hmm. going to be a huge recap when it's time to recap The Flash. So I'm very glad we have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 coming up because mm -hmm. we have something to tide me over until June. Because June feels like way too long. June's um, busy. June's busy, too, yeah. because I, yeah. we have, like, what is it, June 6 or something is Across the Spider-Verse. And then 10 days later is Indiana the Jones. Uh, and then, yeah, Indy's in there somewhere, too. Yep. Damn. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it's a big month, but uh, I, I think I'm probably going to go to the movie theater six times in June, and three of them might be for the flash. <laughs> <laughs> probably, yeah. So I, I, I'm very excited for, for June, but I'm glad we have Guardians of the Galaxy. We have an MCU movie to hold us over. I actually just watched the Guardians movies with my mom, so she's all of a sudden ready for Volume 3, and I'm like, yes, perfect timing. We did that on purpose. Um, so she's seen the Avengers movie, so she kind of had an outside understanding of them. Okay, so but, she uh, saw she already saw Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah, okay. she saw Infinity War and Endgame. She's she's seen most of the um uh, Infinity Stone saga, but you know, we really just hit the main movies um to uh streamline because she had she 
caught up way right right before Endgame. She's like, I haven't watched any of these, so I I went with the catch up spree with that. So so she's basically on board. There's a there's a lot she hasn't seen. She hasn't seen the Thor movies other than Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, but you know, I know it's a DC show, but I mean, superhero stuff, you know, is yeah, what mo- holds mo- us over. Yeah, mo- People enjoy both, and and you know yeah. what this this podcast also airs on my Marvel feed, so you know it's it's all good. Yeah, no one's gonna complain. <laughs> no one's gonna as complain. long as the show doesn't become an MCU show. No one's gonna complain. Right, no, a little crossover here. I already have one of those. Yeah, yeah, we're good. and it's awesome, by the way. <laughs> so we're you. good. Yeah. By the way, your Star Wars show uh-huh. about the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi, fantastic. I haven't finished it. I haven't finished. I still have about 20 minutes left oh, in nice. the episode, but very good. And the flow that you two had was very good. If you can get him on more, you guys, you guys have a chemistry. I was like, I'm getting a little jealous here, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, I do hope to have him on. I, I'm hoping to get him and his, uh, he has uh, some um, friends on that. And, and w- we might talk about cosplaying because apparently they're, they are all like cosplayers that also make, their own star wars uniform so i have never been nuts. i've never been in that part of the fandom but like i have questions you know so it'd be nice to kind of i i, I kind of want to cosplay but see the thing is when you're a five seven not that attractive <laughs> person you don't like you don't go like oh what can i cosplay as i was like all right give me a dome i'll be r2d2 there you go <laughs> <laughs> trash can big lid you know yeah, I, yeah. paint yeah let's go <laughs> little holes for my feet yeah yeah, but thank you for shouting that out because uh, oh, absolutely, that one, it was really good. That one was a lot of work. It was, it was a lot of work. I got, I did a lot of good editing and uh, stuff like that. So I, I think it sounds good. I think it sounds good. I, cool. I had to listen no, it to sounds it. Like, good. I had to listen to it like three times as I was editing. Well, that's a long. Well, podcast, you know too. what I liked about it is you talked about so much Star Wars before you even got into Return. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was a really it was a really good episode of um, and. You know, you're opening up my eyes to the greater Star Wars world, and I think that's what your podcast does so well there. So let's get on topic with Superman 78. But, uh, guys, if you're not checking out the whole feed, that the whole link tree that this man has for you, (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. I just don't know what to tell you anymore. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, you know, I like talking, apparently. So uh, that have too many shows. Yeah, I like talking, too. Have you noticed? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we're going to talk uh, Superman 1978, you know, Superman the movie, as it is more known as, and d- directed by Richard Donner, screenplay by Mario Puzo, David Newman, Leslie Newman, and Robert Benton, of course, starring Christopher Reeve, Gene Hackman, Marlon Brando, Ned Beatty, Jackie Cooper, Glenn Ford, Trevor Howard, Margot Kidder, Valerie Perini, uh, Maria Schnell, Terrence Stamp, Phyllis Daxter, and Susanna York. And it released in December 15th of 1978 in the United States of America. So for me, this was kind of a, almost like a first watch for me, because I feel like the last time I saw this, I was, uh, you know, VHS era, right? Like, so we're talking pre-2000 that I probably watched this last, and I don't remember, I didn't remember much of it. Um, I'd seen, obviously, clips since then and i think i had started watching it one night before bed uh but you know obviously i didn't stay up then uh because it was late one night and i just put it on and fell asleep but uh so i'd seen like the krypton part recently but yeah so this is a um interesting movie to revisit after not watching it for so long you know i know for some people that they probably know this movie like the back of their hand or have seen it more recently than i have and I don't think my wife was a big fan of this one. She uh, said about how bad the effects look. I was like, this is like, you know, she understood that. 1978. She understood it was 1978. But I was like, I mean, this was like the first thing, right? We don't have the MCU without this. We don't have any of those movies without this. So um, I I thought once it hits Metropolis and Clark is grown up, this movie starts moving at a good pace. I do think the beginning is slower paced. Now, of course, um, 
1978, this was probably a fast paced movie because from what I know, right. Is people think people in the seventies said in 1977, when star Wars hit, it was a fast paced movie, which was different than what people were used to. If you watch a new hope now, and if you're watching with somebody that's never seen a new hope, like when I showed it to my wife, you are painfully aware of how slow the beginning is because I'm sitting there thinking as the droids are the first 20 minutes of this movie, I'm sitting there thinking like, is she going to like this? And it like makes me really aware of it. And, um, my wife is familiar with Superman. Um, you know, she saw man of steel in theaters with me in 2013, uh, mostly for Henry Cavill. Right. And then she saw, um, she's watched Smallville recently. She's watched Superman and Lois. So she is familiar with the character and the, his origin. So I think that may also have probably been a little slow for her too, because she is very aware of the the origin and you know taking it a bit to get going. Yeah, I thought it was slow. I probably, if I was the director, I might have cut a lot of the Metropolis stuff and the exposition, and especially because a lot of it seemed wasted. Like General Zod seems completely wasted in this movie. Oh, the Krypton um, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, that. just cut that out. Go to Metropolis, or uh, honestly, start it in Metropolis and kind of work your way backwards and flashbacks. Is kind of how I would have done it. Because when you get to Metropolis, it's just it's a blast. Um, I have a problem with the complaining about the effects. No offense to your wife, but I have a problem with it because that scene where he's like suction cups standing on the side of the building is like, hello. Like that, that, that's a great scene for 1970. No, I think she meant more like the flying, uh, you know, um, stuff you can obviously tell is green screen, I think is what she's talking about. But at the time, the whole pitch of this movie was you'll believe a man can fly. And people were like blown away by it. So questioning the effects of this movie is just completely unfair. Um, There are some movies that you say, okay, they could have done something differently. I don't know what they could have done differently. The fact that they could do it at all was kind of a marvel. Yeah. um, You know, it's crazy to think though. And, and this is something I thought about when we're watching the movie, because, you know, she brings up how old it is and stuff. Right. And mm-hmm. I feel pretty young. Right. I'm 31. But when I was born in 91, this movie was only 13 years old. OK. What? 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 Yeah. That's dude. You just blew my mind. Yeah. Think. OK. 13 years ago from now is 2010. That's Iron Man 2. So from the difference of Iron Man 2 to today is the same as Superman to when I was born, which is crazy. Cause even back when I was growing up, this movie kind of looked outdated, you know? So like, but if you watch Iron Man two, it doesn't look outdated. Of course, obviously technology has changed everything, right? but it's just the mind games of sitting there thinking that of like, Oh my God, I was only, (laughs) you know, when I was born, this movie was only 13 years old. I mean, star Wars was only 14 years old at that point, which is, uh is that right another crazy thing am i doing math wrong no right because 20 years would be 1997 and i was born at yeah so 14 years old is what and now star wars is like 45 46 years old and i'm 31 it's older than us yeah Yeah, yeah. it's uh my goodness oh my goodness but you have to remember that superman 78 superman the movie it's just called superman the movie back in 1978 you have to remember this set the this was the pioneer. This set the whole standard for everything. They had nothing to compare it to. There was no oh well this is what happens in superhero movies. And there was none of that. It was just, hey, we're gonna make a superhero movie. And everyone around them is like, Are you sure? Like I, I think a lot of people thought this was gonna be a failure. And you know what? In today's standards, the box office would make you weep, but back then that was pretty miraculous. You know, I and I think now we could say we would cut Krypton a lot in this, but I guess people did have to be showed that back then. Uh, it is one reason I am very grateful that James Gunn has already said it's not an origin film for Superman mm-hmm. Legacy because I'm like, look, we know this now. Uh, we can skip. I mean, this is in Smallville. This is in Superman the movie. It is also right. part of episode 11 of Superman 
um, and Lois, right? When we see all of his origin going through in that episode. So mm-hmm. the fact that we'll just be able to jump right into it is, and, and Man of Steel obviously had it too. So the fact that we'll be able to jump right into it, I think is very exciting. I'd argue that, I'd, I'd argue that the exposition in 1978's movie could have been cut down dramatically because it really did affect the flow of the movie. I thought it was also weird that Marlon Brando was so highly credited in this movie, even above Christopher Reeve. Makes no sense to me. And how low Margot Kidder was in the in the credits. Shows you a lot about the time. Reeve was not well known before this, right? And then... Mm-hmm. Um, Marlon Brando, I think that was all contracts. Because I think what I've read is that the reason the whole S is part of his family crest is because Marlon Brando wanted to wear the Superman logo. <laughs> which is why they made that like his family crest instead. That's that's bizarre. Um, I mean, it is his family crest, so it's, it still works. But uh, <laughs> that's bizarre. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, Marlon Brando had so little to do with this movie, and he's the top billed actor. It's that, hilarious. That's how they had to get people there, I guess. They're like, hey, Marlon Brando's in this movie. What, yeah, you, for five what, minutes. What do you think of the Krypton look? All right, because let me I tell you it. what hurt my eyes. I don't know if it was just my 4K copy I was watching or not, but the aluminum foil suits they're wearing in the one scene mm-hmm. is like blinding. They are so bright. So I don't like this little ice place. It kind of looks like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the old uh, animated like claymation movie. It kind of looks like that, and it's not a pleasant comparison. Um, I don't like Krypton in this movie. I don't like it at all. The Phantom Zone thing where they kind of sent Zod and the uh, others, um, that was kind of well done, especially for the time. But that's the only visual thing that I think worked. Um, the little crystals when uh, in the Fortress of Solitude or the hologram, that kind of worked for me. But the actual on Krypton stuff, I couldn't stand it. I, I think the I like the crystal look, but what I didn't like was the ship, right? The ship looks like a spiky ball of ice. It is uh-huh. very jarring compared to some of the, the ships we've seen in, in some of the newer um variations of this but it it, it looks like a school play prop yeah well maybe i guess that was the only way they could get it go i don't know i I, they were so focused on the crystal look in this um right but i I, i'm telling you zack snyder's in man of steel made krypton look mesmerizing and it, everything looked reptilian, and there was a cool style to it. So it had to not look like Earth. I get that. But, oh, my goodness, did everything have to look bland and icy? I just don't understand why you made Antarctica Krypton. Because they're known for technology. So what, are they just supposed to be cold all the time? And they're not even dressed like it's that cold, but it looks like it's Antarctica. Well, I, I guess because they took it from the Fortress of Solitude, right? Yeah, I guess. Because when how was the fortress presented before this movie? Cuz we got to remember this is all pre-crisis too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that that's something I'm very I'm just quickly googling here. So its first appearance was in 1958, but I want to know what it, so it was in the Arctic still. But I okay, so I want to know what it actually looked like. Like, when did they add a lot of the crystal stuff? It seems like some of the crystal stuff actually just came from this movie. So that uh, that's interesting. I don't know. It's tough to. I mean, it was a choice. It was a choice. They didn't need to make Krypton look like anything. It would have worked. It was the first movie. This could have set the standard for it, and it kind of did because we still see the crystals. Um, being used today in Superman and Lois and in comics. Smallville um, had Smallville actually because because Returns was coming out around the same time as season five of of Smallville, they started using a lot of the same imagery as as um, Superman the movie and Superman Returns. So they started using a lot of crystals. Um, right. They actually used the same suit that Brandon R- Routh wore. So it's interesting how something like that can take you know and just kind of take off from there 
Um, I don't. I had to look up what Krypton looked like on Man of Steel because I had. I can't remember. And uh, looks all right. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of this look either. So I don't like Krypton, but there's only one other big complaint I have with the movie. Uh huh. And the, the it's Lex Luthor being played by Gene Hackman, one of the best actors of our time. And Gene Hackman feels like such a campy phoned in villain. And it was such a waste of the budget of the movie, in my opinion, because Lex Luthor could have been played very sinisterly by Luthor and had the same plot. Um, I, I don't like, I, I, you need a comedic relief. I get the idiots around him. But other than that, I, I really had a problem with Lex Luthor in this movie. I didn't like it. It my least favorite Lex Luthor. Um, it's because the rest of the movie was so serious and reverent to all the characters. I actually liked Lex in this. I, I had more of a problem with like Ned Beatty's character in this, but you know, now I know why they cast Kevin Spacey in returns because when I'm watching Gene Hackman in this role, all I could see was Kevin Spacey and a picture shows how similar they actually look. It's like they got the same nose. They got the same mouth. Like for me, I was like, no wonder they, they cast Kevin Spacey in returns. It makes sense. Cause it he looks sense. so much like him. Um, and, I, yeah. I, I actually haven't watched the other uh, Superman movies before Man of Steel. So I need oh, to get on yeah. that. Yeah, you um, watch Returns. I had saw I had saw 78 a couple times. Um, so you have to watch but, uh, uh, Superman 2 mm-hmm. and then skip 3 and 4 and go to Returns. Okay. Because I, I want to see my boy Brandon Ralph. Yeah. Because um, Returns. I want to see my boy Brandon Ralph. Returns just wipes three and four out of canon and replaces it. So. Oh, okay. That, that makes sense. I like Brandon Ralph so much uh, as a legends fan and he was so good in crisis. In crisis. Yeah. Oh my God. I love what he, it, dude, when you got two supermen fighting each other and, and he, his suit has the, the kingdom come look ah it's just perfect i'm so excited about brandon ralph the superman i couldn't imagine the movie didn't go well but apparently it didn't i mean when i was growing up i liked it uh but you know i was in my superman phase with smallville and everything so i don't know if it was actually good or not i haven't revisited it but uh i do like brandon ralph i remember liking him in it and i'm glad that they did what they did with crisis because i think it i think it worked um, overall with Lex, I think, you know, it was, I, I think again, we have to point out that this is pre-crisis because I think a lot of how we know Lex now is from his post-crisis portrayals where he is a little bit more of a cunning businessman that is, you know, like he's a character that's changed a lot in comics to where before he's kind of like more like evil scientist and now he's more like evil business billionaire. Right. And I, I think it's hard to like when we see he has hair now, of course he actually, what is wearing a wig, right? Cause he shows up bald mm-hmm. at one point, but um, it, it was kind of confusing for my wife who, again, like I said, is, is familiar with Superman, but she's like, okay, so this is Lex. And I'm like, like, yeah, you know, cause he doesn't yeah, so look like if- Lex. If you like Superman 66, you'll love this Lex Luthor. If you don't like Superman six, uh, Batman 66, if you like Batman 66, you'll love this Lex Luthor. If you don't love Batman 66, you're not going to love this Lex Luthor. It's that, that's pretty much the line that I would think uh, separates it on the graph. I, I'm not a big fan of this Lex Luthor. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't do much for me. But I, to be fair... In 1978, I don't know how much they could have gone in the brooding, serious, twisted, evil villain. They need a comic relief, and uh, they need to keep the movie light. Um, Let's be honest. Batman vs. Superman would have tanked superhero movies forever in 1978. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of a tone would not have worked. And, uh, oh, okay. So let's talk Jimmy Olsen, I guess, right? Let's yeah, talk, Jimmy Olsen. Talk Jimmy Olsen here. 
what was our thoughts on Jimmy? I, I was kind of sad he didn't have as big as a role as I thought he would have. But I do want to say, just shout out, I didn't realize this at first. I knew he looked familiar. But he plays uh, Marty's brother, Dave McFly, in Back to the Future. So uh, oh. I was like, that's why he looks so darn familiar. But he's actually played Jimmy Olsen even in Supergirl, the movie, and in all four Superman movies. Um, and he played, oh yeah, that's impressive. he played somebody in Smallville, too. He played a uh, an, an alien in um, Smallville as well, it looks like. Any he, hey, by the way, have, Justice League and uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League as well. Have you seen the Supergirl movie? I have, I have not. Don't watch it. That's what I hear. It's horrible. It is the worst superhero movie that exists. It's horrible. It's not redeemable. It's bad. They made choices in that movie that make absolutely no sense. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's just these these weird sisters in this weird house that doesn't make any sense. It's just this this weird world, and it's just like Supergirl parts of it were fine. It's just such a weird movie. It's like someone just was like, oh, this movie's never going to get made. I'm not going to take this script writing seriously. And then it got made. It was horrible. It actually turned me off of some of the other Superman movies, because I think it happened recently, like, 84 82 yeah yeah because the last i think the last superman movie is quest for peace which was 87 uh that was the last time christopher reeve played him so that was still pretty I mean, that was only four years before i was born <laughs> so i'm wondering what your thoughts on christopher reeve were because i thought this man looked the part and his clark kent blows henry cavill's out of the water his Clark Kent is about as good as I've seen the difference between Superman and Clark Kent. Yeah, you know, this is watching this movie has made me more excited for Superman Legacy. And what I mean by that is mm-hmm. just this is Superman. We haven't gotten this in a while. Like, Man of Steel barely really, that whole franchise barely really covers the whole Clark Kent aspect of, of mm-hmm. everything i mean even you know after man of steel it's pretty much just superman right like we see him in justice league we see him in bvs we barely see clark in uh in this one we're getting perry white we're getting um uh you know we got jimmy olsen we got lois lane we got superman they are clark kent all working at the daily planet like this was a perfect um setup and having christopher reeve who you know, I, I always knew as a really good Superman. Um, and again, just that scene, I know people point it out all the time, right? But that scene where he's about to tell Lois and um, he decides mm-hmm. against it, right? But he stops slouching, takes off the glasses, and he's Superman. And then when he decides against it, just the way you see him slink back down, put the glasses back on and be all shucks again. Um he he really is playing two different characters, which I don't think we get to see a lot. You know, you know, it's got to be painful to be Clark Kent mm-hmm. when you can be Superman. So to make that choice, to me, actually speaks to how strong he is as a person and how comfortable he is in his identity. Like so many people would be like, screw this. I'm just going to be Superman all the time. And I thought he, you know, it speaks to his intelligence, too. I, I really appreciate that. And I think one of the best scenes was right after that when Superman takes Lois flying and playfully lets go of her and then catches her. And then it just, it was, it was a very romantic scene. And it was, you know, he quite literally swept Lois off of her feet. And I just thought it really set the tone for their relationship. I thought it was great. Uh, only thing I'll say about the flying scene goes a little long and the weird Lois voiceover part uh, goes on. See, a I like that though. I wasn't a big fan. I, I like, I like that though. I mean, I, I think for, for me, the reason I didn't like it as much, you needed something in there. You needed something. In the, if you didn't have that, you would have needed a scene her explaining it. 
Maybe. I, I don't know. I think for me, it, it comes so out of left field because we don't hear anybody else's thoughts throughout the whole movie. And just getting that, ra- and Lois is not the main character, and getting that random bit where we're hearing her thoughts was almost like a shift of point of view, uh, which didn't seem yeah. to fit. But I liked it because you, that was us being exposed with Lois to the world of Superman because she had, she was seeing it firsthand. We were seeing it firsthand. I thought it worked. Uh, one thing I just learned, too, I didn't realize this, is that Superman and Superman 2 were both filmed back-to-back. Really? Yeah, they were filmed uh, together. What, I mean, this they both started filming in March 1977. What year did Superman 2 come out? Uh, 80. Two-year gap? I, I feel like they could have gotten that at 79. <laughs> well, I guess the filming for this one it went, made it go a little longer, I guess. I guess. But it came out, it came oh, out in... Goodness. Oh, no, it actually came out in summer of 81, but it came out December of 1980 in Australia. You know, of course, this oh. was pre-internet, so, like, back then, people couldn't be able to really get spoilers, I guess, but I can't imagine... That's it's very common... Even on Western films like this, when I look at older films, that'd be like Australia five months before the USA. And I'm like, what? That's odd. Uh-huh. But yeah, anyway, I uh, just found that to be an interesting, interesting note here. Um, not sure why they did it that way if they weren't releasing it super close. But mm-hmm. the other thing I was going to say was, okay, I know we just talked about American Alien, right? And how he uses his vision to see through people's clothes this was a better way to do that and, and the reason i say that is yep. because she specifically asks him <laughs> so i did this it was, was playful, it was a playful it, you know like what color am i underwear yeah, it was playful we yep. find out about was, the lead that way uh-huh it was actually really creative and it was playful in a way where it wasn't like insidious there was nothing wrong with it she asked what color am i wearing and he's like pink you know that that was uh, and then he was humble about it. Like he didn't. He, he's like, I'm. I hope I wasn't too forward. Uh, I, I like Superman in here, and I like Clark Kent, and I like that there's a difference. And you almost kind of feel like Lois kind of figures it out at one point, but he keeps doing creative things, like showing up at her door right after they were flying. Yeah. And- and, uh, you know, hey, did you forget about our date? And it's like, she clearly did, right? Yeah. Which could hurt your feelings, I guess, if you're like, well, you know, she doesn't actually like the Clark aspect of me. But, you know, we kind of see her, we kind of see her uh, get get used to Clark, right? And um, Yeah. But still That's a why very... I love Superman and Lois so much. Yeah. Because she fell in love with Clark. Um, that was why, that was the twist on that. But the standard variation is, Lois falls in love with Superman. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, it, it works. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you think about Lois overall, though? I like Lois in this. I liked that they kept. I I wonder if this is where it started that she spelled so poorly. Um, but I liked that. I always love that gag with Lois, and I I liked her character and how. Fierce she was, but playful and and light. It was a really balanced uh, portrayal of her. I thought. I don't think they went over overboard or anything, and they didn't make her the strong female character that has no depth. She's just this. I'm gonna do it just like the men thing. And back then, that that could have very easily happened. So I thought it was very well written. And I think it really brought out the best in Clark, which is really the point of Lois, bring out the best in Clark. I just looked it up. It does seem like it stems from from this movie. But it kind of comes up uh, in, in stuff all the time now, right? Her being like... Mm-hmm. The... It's a very common thing. You see it in comics. Uh, I think I just uh, saw it in Superman Birthright. I'm reading mm-hmm. Superman Birthright. I think there's a line where she spelled something wrong there. Or ask Jimmy how something's spelled. They reference it in um, Superman and Lois as well. Yes, uh, it, it's it's a thing. I, I like it. Um, I don't know why I like it so much, but I do. Um, I like Margot Kidder. I thought she she did a good job. 
I have no real complaints with her as a Lois. I, I don't think anyone can hold a candle to Elizabeth Pellock. She's just killing it. Mm-hmm. She's, mm-hmm. she's the best Lois. But outside of that, she does more in this movie as Lois than Amy Adams does in her old time. Yeah, in three films. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like she, she really does a lot more for Lois than Amy Adams ever did, which is a little surprising to me looking back at it retrospectively. Yeah, I think um, I think Margot Kidder was really good as Lois in this. She has this attitude too, even back then, of not being a damsel in distress. You know, like when Clark mm-hmm. saves her with the bullet, right? Um, without her knowing that, and he's kind of like, "What would happen if that like, bullet would have hit you?" She didn't really. She wasn't scared. Uh, the only time she's scared is really when she's about to fall to her death, and I think that's understandable for oh, for anyone. That's natural <laughs> fear. What? Yeah. I love about this Lois is she's witty and she always has something coming out of her mouth. And it, it, it's not always, it's not always filtered, but like, I love it when he saves her and she's like, I got you. And he, she goes, you got me. Who's got you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a great line. Yeah. But she was, yeah, I thought she was really good in, in the role. I mean, really, I think every, they, they nail all of like the main characters, I think. Mm-hmm. Clark, Lois, Jimmy, Perry. I, I, they got the Daily Planet crew um, totally right. And uh, okay. I, I hate Jonathan, I hate Jonathan Kent dying of a heart attack so early on. Um, it's literally but, a second scene. Yeah, it's it's so it's so quick. I just that originated in this too, didn't it? It probably did. Um, I think it was a decision for them to drive home the point of him not being able to save everyone. So what do we think about him going back in time then? Cause it kind of does r- ruin that point a bit. Okay. So, so there's two problems with us. Why didn't you keep going back in time before all of the explosion happened in the first place? And secondly, I don't think, in any other version of any other Superman or superhero stuff, that's how time travel works. It, it was a little disorienting for me. I'm not going to lie. And also the weird like shot where he's yelling like in fury as he's going to the air, like seemed almost out of character for him. I don't know. I didn't love it. I'm not going to lie. It's a part of the movie. I don't love. So the only thing I don't get from it is not very explained, right? Like in the sense of, was there two Superman then? Like when he goes back in time, because Jimmy's still saved, right? Mm-hmm. And he still is, and then he's able to save her. So I guess then there's like the Superman that still does all of his normal saving. And then he just goes and saves Lois by himself. But it's not very clear, and and then the movie just ends. No, it's not. very soon after that. I I think that there's so many things that don't make sense about it. It's one of the beginning things of this genre. If you think too much about it, you're already lost. Um, I don't love that scene. I, I, and I really don't understand why he couldn't have just gone back in time to when he found out about the kryptonite box you go if you can keep going back in time go back in time to when you found out about the kryptonite box and then don't open the box mm-hmm. yeah then you already know where the missiles are going you don't even have to talk to lex luther true but I, i'm guessing maybe it was like he already saved everyone so nobody actually dies except lois so he just saves the one person but I guess, yeah, and he fixes the fault line, too. So I guess he didn't feel like that was a, a need. But you'd think just for the easier sake, right, it'd be easier to just go back. Well, him. he fixed the fault line, but how sturdy of a solution is that? I don't know. <laughs> Apparently fine. I don't know. And, and I also wonder if that's how you fix a fault line, to be perfectly fair. Yeah, just lift it back up. <laughs> <laughs> just lift it back up. Use a heat vision. You're good. <sighs> yeah it was a good movie i think it had it i think it had some plot holes um i enjoyed this movie it's fun it's 
a lot better than I remembered it being. I remember it being campy to the point that I didn't like it. And to be perfectly honest with you, the only thing that was campy was Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Lex Luthor and his minions were the only real camp of this movie. Everything else about this was taken very seriously. I thought there was a weight on Superman's shoulders in this movie. And that is something I always appreciate with superhero media is when the hero feels the weight of the world. I I love that. I think that's why we were in this in the first place. Yes. Uh, Okay. So is there anything that you saw in this that you either want to see in legacy or do not want to see in legacy? Okay. I want to see the distinction between Clark and Superman and how he disguises Clark the way that Christopher Reeve did. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see that. I want to see Jimmy Olsen play a part and have a relationship that's more like the comics with Superman and Lois. Um, I want to see... I want to see the heart in this movie The in the next one. I... I don't want to see a troubled Clark. I want to see a Clark who might have something to figure out, but he's hopeful and he inspires other people to be hopeful. So that's really what I want to see. What I don't want to see from this movie is Campy Lex Luthor. If I see Campy Lex <laughs> Luthor, one of the reasons I didn't love Jesse Eisenberg. I, I, I was See, like, now that's a worse Lex. Oh, that is a worse Lex than, than Gene Ackman. Uh, it's, it's a wash. It's I a can't, wash. No, because um, I don't find I, Lex that campy in this. I think I, it's all Otis and uh, Teshmacher that are... that are. It, it really brings it down by association. I can't stand it. Um, Lex Luthor's whole side part of this movie... It, it takes it down a notch for me. And they do just magically have a book that has the kryptonite uh, meteor pictured in it. And they know exactly what that meteor is. And they know just suddenly that it'll stop Superman without any testing of it. Yeah, that seemed like that was like, a okay. shortcut, right? That was a shortcut in the movie yeah. here of, you know, all right, they're just assuming that because the meteorite crashed around the same time he did that for some reason. And here's the leap. The leap is him knowing it would take his powers away because what he's assuming is somehow that the yellow sun gives him the power here. Right. And that the kryptonite would kind of weaken that when really Superman could have been powerful on Krypton and then also powerful here. He doesn't know how it works. Yeah. So it's kind of like when you have a Sudoku puzzle. And there are two options for this box. It can be a six or a three. And one of them is right and one of them is wrong. So you say, you know what? I don't feel like figuring it out. So you put the three in there and then you see if the puzzle is right. But you can't just assume that the that is right until everything moves into place. Yeah, that's a, that's a good example. Um, because that's how it... Um... Yeah, that's how it seems, right? Is you're almost like they just took a guess and it worked. <laughs> and uh, no, to be fair, if he had said, if Lex Luthor had said, "Look, there's a yellow sun on this earth. There was a red sun for kryptonite. It, the kryptonite might be soaked in red solar energy and something of that nature, and that maybe that'll take his powers away." If he had theorized why, the whole scene works. He doesn't theorize why. If he had said it was an educated guess and he's a genius, so he's betting on his intellect, it would have been in character and it would have worked. But just to say, oh, this is going to take his powers away, be like, he needed to introduce kryptonite. That's the only point of that scene. Right, right. Uh, So, I mean, the writing of this, I thought, took some shortcuts. I did love the montage. It was basically a montage after the helicopter scene where he's just saving all in the same night, catching criminals. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. I was like, that's a very Batman of you. Um, It it, it was was very Batman of you. It's just like, oh, oh, and the the ship, moving the ship from the ocean to right outside the the police house. Um, I have a lot of questions about the ethical nature of that. Like, what does the city do with a boat after that? Um. That's a problem for me 
because if I'm the police chief and the mayor, I, I I'm having a phone conversation like, hey man, I don't know what to do about this. Can we ask him to move it back? How do we get in contact with this guy? Yeah, yeah, that's a, don't have to put a Superman signal out in the sky and and be like, <laughs> hey, can you move this back now that we got all the evidence off of it? Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks for the assist, but um, could you stop damaging Metropolis, exactly. please? <laughs> exactly. Like Batman breaks Batman breaks a window to scare a bad guy. Superman doesn't have to break the window. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any anything um anything else about this movie before we I just couldn't believe how much better it was than I remembered it. It was a really well done movie. They cared about the material. And I feel like it worked for all ages. And that's another thing I want to see in Superman Legacy. It works for everybody. I want everyone to come away from the Superman. Superman Legacy is the most important thing in cinema for this genre. Superhero movies in general. DC, Marvel, anything. Because if if superhero movies are going to get to where to their peak, they need DC to compete with Marvel. They need DC to be in a a, a different uh, branch of it and, and to inspire Marvel to keep going and keep reconfiguring what the shape of Superman uh, superhero media is. Because if DC flops again, it's just Marvel. There's only one guy who has the whole yarn of the franchise and it's Kevin Feige. If you have James Gunn uh, and Kevin Feige, I think the genre works out so much better for the future and superhero fatigue can be mitigated pretty mm-hmm. well. That doesn't have a lot to do with Superman 78, <laughs> but has a ton to do yes, with Superman. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that is all that we really have to say about this movie. You know, like we said before, if it wasn't for this film, we're probably not where we are today with all of the mm-hmm. superhero movies, we're probably not getting the flash starring Michael Keaton because 89 would probably never happen without this. So it is, um, you know, such a, so there was always going to be one Superman movie that would, or one superhero movie that would kick things off. I do think they wouldn't like stay away from it, but it's right. the worry of would it have been as good as this. Right. And this was at the right moment so- with the right people. And it worked. So I had to read a book for it's called Batman the Boy Who The Boy Loved Batman by Michael Uslan, the producer of the Batman '89 movie, and basically it was a history of how he a memoir of how he grew up as a Batman fan and wanted to change the notion of Batman '66 into what Batman '89 was, and he said that when he tried to buy the movie rights for Batman, they said, are you crazy? Who wants Batman? Nobody wants Batman. It's Superman you want. He goes, I don't want Superman. I want Batman. He's, they're like, you sure you don't want Superman? He's like, I want Batman. It was crazy to want Batman. Right, right. Shows you how far we've come. I mean, it's a completely totally different, different world. world. Uh, especially because Superman was first. He was like the first superhero, you know? So it was a big... You know, it's just, uh, especially after 78, you also get, you know, the other Batman at that time was just 66. And um, I do think 78 Uh has a better tone than 66 as well. So, you know, yeah. It it had some camp to it, but it wasn't a joke. No, That's the entire summary of Superman 78. It has some camp, but it wasn't a joke. Um, Adam West could have never played Mm -hmm. Superman. We often talk about my brother often says that it doesn't really matter who plays Superman because anyone can just play a powerful no. alien. And I think Superman 78 with Christopher Reeve is a testament to why that's not true. I think it I think it's harder to have it's harder to cast Superman than it is to cast Batman in, in my opinion. Agreed. We've had well, we've had so many Batman that mm-hmm. you can you know most of them are good. Right? And Most nobody's happy dead. when Batman is cast. Nobody yeah. wanted Robert Pattinson. Nobody wanted Michael no. Keaton. Guess how those things worked out. Right, right. <laughs> but, you know, 
Superman, I think, is really tough because when we still look at it now, most people say Christopher Reeve is the best Superman. And that was, you know, 40 years ago, almost uh, almost 40 years ago now. Um, So it is at this moment now where you're like, well, that kind of sucks that like our best one is still like the original guy. When Batman, you can have fights between Pattinson, Affleck, uh, mm-hmm. Keaton. Nobody's really saying Clooney, but maybe Kilmer. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, you, you, Bale, right? You have these debates that you can have with Superman. It usually comes down to Christopher Reeve. Some will mm-hmm. say Henry Cavill. And then even then, that's only the theatrical ones. Because the TV show ones, um, if we're only looking at theatrical, there's really only been two Superman, uh, plus Brandon are, Ralph. You know, are you ready one. for a hot take? Yeah, Tyler Hecklin is the best Superman. I would, I would probably agree. I do like. I Tyler think Hecklin. Superman and Lois are the best Superman and the best Lois. Um, want to do our Superman and Lois rankings? Around um, all of it. Let me see if I can. Okay, so. I'm going to abstain from Smallville because. Okay. So um, no Tom Welling in here. No, just because he never played Superman, he was Clark. The Fair whole enough. But I feel like Lois. You can rank Lois. I can rank her. Yeah, I can rank her. Okay. So I'll go Superman number one, probably Tyler Hecklin. We're Christ- agreed. Christopher Reeve. Um. I'll go Ralph. I'll go Cavill. And then I'll go Dean Kane. And then Scooby I have I haven't seen George Reeves version, so I'm not gonna rank him. That was the forties. I okay. haven't seen that. <laughs> I haven't seen George Reeves either. I'm not going to So those are my Superman. Right. Okay. So for me, it's a very similar list. I think Reeves was the better Clark. But I think Cavill was the better Superman. So either order is fine with me for that reason. Um, and, you, you know, so it's for me, it's Hecklin, Reeve, Cavill. They're, they're interchangeable to me for the, that reason. Um, and Ralph would be would be last. Just because I really haven't watched his movie. I've only watched him in Crisis. It's not fair. For me to put him above him now my my favorite if it's my favorite actor who played superman he's at the top because i love me some ray palmer uh but i uh i i have an attachment to brandon routh outside of superman all right and then i guess i'll rank lois's i will go okay i'll go with number one being Elizabeth Tulick. Number two will be Erica Durant. Number three will be Margot Kidder. Number four would be Amy Adams. Well, yeah, and then I'll do Terry Hatcher's five. All right. There we go. So for I me, think that's all of them. Yeah. So for me, it'll be Elizabeth Tulick, Margot Kidder, Terry Hatcher. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to put Amy Adams next and Erica Durant's last, not because she was the worst, but because I haven't watched enough of Smallville to be fair there. So from my experience, that would be my order. I think Terry Hatcher did a great job as Lois Lane. And she made the, uh, the Adventures of Lois and Clark very entertaining and very... I thought she had some gravitas. Uh, I think she shaped a lot of the personality of Lois in the modern uh, world. I think she's a little stronger of a bulldog kind of a character than um, Margot Kidder. So the, I, I think she it was needed to have Terry Hatcher there. I don't think you have Elizabeth Tulloch without Terry Hatcher playing mm-hmm. her. I think you get more of a Marco Kidder the whole way through. Um, I love all the Loises. I think Lois is a great character. I think she's one of the most important characters in comics. I think when you talk about the best humans 
without powers in comics, outside of Bruce Wayne, Lois might be number two. Like, I, I just, who's more important than Lois Lane? Uh, as Zack Snyder would, would have you say, Lois is the key. Um, would he say <laughs> that? What is it? Because he had Lois uh, having a child with Bruce Wayne. Well, yeah, but oh god, that that don't get me started on that. That makes me sick to my stomach. Um, that's very much like Batgirl and Batman getting it on in the killing, killing joke. Yeah. Oh god, it's just it's so wrong on so many levels. It just it hurts. Um, Props no, to but, Batman, uh, but uh, in the movies, Lois being killed is the key to Darkseid getting what he wants. So, well, this is the key for Superman. Uh, Zack Snyder's just as they go on there. Um, now, if it had continued and uh, Lois got with Bruce, I, 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 I would have a huge problem with that, especially because you really set up hard um, Wonder Woman and Batman in those movies. Like, you set that up really, not even subtly. And I kind of like Wonder Woman and Batman as a as a pairing. Yeah. Worked in Justice League Unlimited too. I that that to me is a pairing that is so underexplored. I I often hate the Wonder Woman and Superman relationship in comics. Can't stand it. Wonder Woman and Superman are a horrible couple. Should never have happened. But Batman and Wonder Woman make total sense. Yeah, now Batman's kind of like Batman doesn't have a consistent one. I think the closest now is Catwoman because they keep pushing that lately. But yeah, Selena Kyle is so. So if you're Batman, you only have like four options uh, Vicky Vale, you're never going to let her into the Batcave, so that's not it. Um, Vicky Vale's not it. Tali Al Ghul, um, very big reason not to. Be, for that not to be endgame, even though Damian Wayne is your son. Um, obvious things get in the way. Catwoman. And, oh, I think that's the list. Wonder Woman. That, that, that's the list. That, that's the list. And you know what? Wonder Woman and Batman make sense. Because to Wonder, to Diana, Bruce is a warrior. He's the peak of human condition. He is a man who is exerting past his limits. He has honor. With Superman, he doesn't even need to try to be powerful. Mm -hmm. There's that doesn't that doesn't sound like something that excites Diana. Um, it it just it doesn't sound like something. And Superman, it, Superman and Wonder Woman is too problematic because she looks too much like Lois. You know, Lois is his endgame. It's the only thing that makes sense. If you want to say Lana, if you want to have a storyline where he ends up with Lana, fine. <sighs> I don't like Superman of anyone but Lois. It makes me queasy. Yeah. 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 Lois is th Lois is the one for him. That is the one it should always be. Now now with the Flash with Barry, I kinda like Patty more than I like Iris in the comics. Um, especially in the new 52. I really loved Patty Spivett in the new 52. I thought she was better for Barry than Iris was. And it was so painful because you're like, oh God, this is this little triangle and you know where this is going. Patty <laughs> Spivett in the Flash TV show is really good. Well, she she kind of has this relatability with Barry too, mm -hmm. where you know she's been through a dark past with her parents and everything, and it's just like it with the with the meta stuff and the CSI stuff, it's just it seems like a perfect match for Barry Allen. Like if he, they make more sense than Barry and Iris do in any iteration, um. So yeah, I, I'm a big Patty fan with with the Flash. Uh, Linda works for Wally very well, um, but you know, I I'm a big Patty Spivet guy. I I think Patty Spivet is awesome, and she had. She always had Barry's best intentions. Like when Future Flash comes back in the comics in the New 52 run, when Future Flash comes back and he realizes he's still with Patty, he's happy as hell. Why? Because Patty was the one he should have ended up with. And that to me was like, oh, yep. That was when that was when somebody supported you fully and you were enriched. And, you know, Patty made Patty makes Barry a lot less stupid. Iris makes Barry stupid. Um, 
which is valued in a whole other way, but <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't know. This is an interesting tangent. Unplanned tangent. Well, we'll have plenty of plenty of time to talk, uh, Patty Spivet and uh, Iris. I guess whenever we get around to some fl- more flash, yeah. Because I haven't yeah, read her I, in the comics. I, I'm only familiar okay. with her in her the the TV show, and she I've was, only really read her in the New Fifty Two run. She was very charming and wow. in, in the TV show, and um, I felt like very they, charming, they very well. alluring. Yeah, yeah. Um. It's, it drives me crazy, actually, in the CW. There's nobody on the show, male or female, that isn't drop-dead amazingly gorgeous. It's like yeah. the extras are beautiful. It's like, what the? Is nobody ugly in Star City? Is nobody ugly in Central City? Nope. Give me an ugly juror, for Christ's sake. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, it's like these shows will make you feel so bad about yourself because the average person in Central City, flawless. So it's that must stupid. mean that must mean Vancouver is like the most beautiful place in the world, right? Because that's where they film all these. Maybe, or they just don't cast ugly people in CW shows. That's true. They I, just don't. I'm just thinking if you're talking about background too, though. I mean, I feel like that has to just be walk-ons from the. Uh, well, well, I feel like Superman and Lois actually has normal-looking people. Yeah, they do. It. They do. They they like. Don't get me wrong. The main the main cast is like amazing, um, but. Um, the main cast is amazing, but there's a lot of normal people on that show. It's not like everyone is like, where did you come from? Yeah. <laughs> but like, you, you know, you have to win the genetic lottery to be on the CW. It's almost like being in the NFL. Oh, <laughs> go to make it to the NFL. Let's, uh, let's go on the CW. Exactly. And you know like what? Stephen Amell, like give me a break. I think Stephen Amell makes every man feel inferior. It's just not fair. Yeah, yeah. No, you know Stephen Amell. I, I think he's he's handsome, but he's not like the best looking guy on the shows. <laughs> this is such a weird tangent. <laughs> we'll have to rank these next time. Next time we'll, we'll rank the CW men. And uh, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. We're not doing that. <laughs> I, oh, I would, uh, I would need some alcohol to do that show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll start wrapping it up here because I know we got uh, you got to draft night. Yeah, I gotta lot, I gotta cook some calzones and get 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 ready and um, talk some ball with my buddy. It's it's gonna be a great night. Um, any idea what? Let's take what? next week off because okay. I'm going to be seeing Guardians. So oh, that's fine. Um, we'll take next week off. We'll we'll uh-huh. plan something uh, in the meantime, mm-hmm. um, whether comic or movie or or whatever, right. and then we'll, or if there's news, right, and then we'll, right. we'll reconvene in like uh, two weeks or so. Yeah, if you need someone to talk Guardians with, you probably have someone, but I'm planning on seeing it right away anyway. I don't think I have anybody yet, but yeah. So if you want to, I mean, uh, we, I don't feel to. don't feel like you have to, but like. I, I love Guardians, so totally down for that. So that might um, be what we do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not Thursday. Yeah, we might. We might have to do that. Not sometimes. Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, I I think that's cool, but we need to start brainstorming because we're gonna have content for you people all yeah. the time. It's gonna happen. Um, you might get a week off, but we are not going away that easily. Exactly. Yeah, we've <laughs> we've been very consistent. We've been very consistent. Which is good. We've earned a week off. Yes. Yes, we earned a week off. Uh, so if you want to give us a follow at Elseworlds DC fan on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, if you want to send us suggestions there too on topics you want to hear us cover, um, then we can do that as well. But just want to thank everyone for watching and listening. We'll catch you all next time.